1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bandwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
2: This is the first time we're recording this in an actual studio. Oh, cool. The First three episodes were in my apartment in the living room. Oh. So um, this feels more Frasier-like to me. It does. Yeah. Yeah, very Frasier.
1: He had a lovely studio.
2: Welcome to I'm Listening. We have a new guest uh, with each episode. And today we have a comedian. We have a TV writer. Please welcome Josh Gondelman to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Yes. I had seen essentially how I've been looking for other Frasier fanatics mm-hmm. or fans. Craniacs. Uh, craniacs. Ooh, okay. Did
1: people here. say that? I hope I'm not stealing that from someone. That's what I would call for sure. Um, and, and my apologies if I'm not attributing it properly.
2: No, I haven't heard of craniacs, so I would say you just coined the term. Would you consider yourself a craniac on a scale of 1 to 10? Where are you?
1: Oh, gosh. I would, give, I would put myself maybe a 4 or 5, and mm-hmm. I hope that's not a disappointment.
2: That's totally fine. Okay. So I'm curious, um, just because everyone has a different origin story as to how they got into the show. Yeah. Personally, I've been watching it since it was on as when I was a kid. Yeah,
1: that's how I I remember watching it on NBC on the it was part of that Thursday night lineup, right? Absolutely. Friends and Seinfeld, and then the the fourth show. Yeah, it was always. Maybe just shoot me. Just shoot me. Uh, I think the single guy was (gasps) part was on that lineup for a while.
2: Was that Fred Savage?
1: Um, oh, so no, working. Jonathan Silverman. But Fred Savage had, yeah, had working. Yep. Um, but yeah, there was that kind of fourth show that was always irritating. But Frasier, Friends, Seinfeld, those are kind of stalwarts, right? Those yeah, absolutely. Were, yeah.
2: And I don't mean to age you, but what? Uh, where were you at that time? Were you an, a teen? Were you? I was.
1: Then? I was like a. I was probably a teen. I. I can. We can pinpoint it if you want. Sure. I'm. I was born in '85, so I'm 33 now. And we'll to see 34, the way things is going, probably that's uh, Coolio uh, <laughs> almost. But yeah, so I was like a kid. And so it was it was always like my parents were always very skeptical of Seinfeld specifically because they were and a little bit of friends. But they it because it was kind of like an adult sexual show or there were adult sexual themes on it. And my parents don't like Seinfeld at all. Like they acknowledge that it's funny. But they can't watch it. Neither of them, because they both dislike the um, pervasive, like cruelty and misanthropy, too much.
2: Not he, so. They like they enjoy a show with mostly likable
0: characters,
1: or or even. I mean, they they can do some light anti-heroism. Like they can watch, uh, like House, right? Who's not always likable, but he, but they're more. My dad, especially, I think I would say, is more into procedurals than like. Th- Neither of them is really a person who I think dives deep into like dark comedy or so that's like the spectrum, the end of the spectrum that they stay away from.
2: Well, this is giving me a lot of insight as to why the age range uh, skews older for CBS primetime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nothing but crime shows. Right, crime
1: shows and, um, and very like yeah. doctors. But the, the comedies are very like big and bright. Uh, for the most part. I mean, I mean like, uh, I find I, Superior Donuts now, and I find, like, Jermaine's character very likable. You know, he's, like, and, and uh, Jed Hirsch, to be uh-huh. very kind of, like, curmudgeonly, but likable.
2: I haven't I haven't checked it out, but maybe I should. So did you have cable growing up? This I was curious. I actually. didn't.
1: Not until after my bar mitzvah. That's when we got cable. All right. So we got cable in, like, late 98, maybe early 99. Right, right,
2: right. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a I did like watching it, but I also didn't have cable. So it was like, I was just, those weren't my options. Yeah, right.
1: There weren't that many choices. Like must-see TV was like, literally, you must see this if you're going to watch TV. There's no other TV for you.
2: Exactly. So I've been finding a surprising amount of people I know that are Frasier fans. Yesterday, I was at a uh, shop themed dinner party, as in chopped the show. Oh, yeah. So my friends essentially had people make dishes and then had four judges, including myself, judge. Uh, So it was um, was a very classy occasion. Naturally, the podcast came up, my podcast. Mm -hmm. And somebody made an interesting point. He's a fan. He's Jewish. I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. He said, would you say that this is a show that is popular with Jewish people? Or would you say... It's popular with waspy people or a mix. I wasn't sure. Oh, great question.
1: Was. I don't know. Frazier. we're talking. Yeah. About, I mean, back to the point. Absolutely. Um, I feel like it's so heady. That's like the thing about Frasier that gets me. It's like very, the characters are, for the most part, very erudite. Sure. Um, the, the The setting is like kind of tony and upscale, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Seattle, but specifically like, Frazier's apartment is very luxe. He works in a um a job in the like media industry, mm-hmm. uh. So it's like I feel like it's a very heady show, and it's and the, and the characters, Frazier and Niles specifically, right, who kind of drive a lot of the action. Not that there aren't other important characters, Daphne, sure. Roz, Marty, but Frazier and Niles specifically who drive so much of the show are snobs. Like so, it you have to be someone who who's okay with watching snobs in a context where they're like not always getting their comeuppance right like there was a lot of entertainment like slobs versus snobs comedies in like the 80s where mm. you would want to see the characters like fraser have bad things happen to them sure and and with fraser and niles you kind of also have to want enough good things to happen to them that it's worth watching the show right and then in like the 90s 2000s we started seeing slobs that were just bad people that also had bad things happen to them like Seinfeld and Always Sunny, right? They're not snobs, oh, yeah. but you also kind of are like, well, you can't win. You're monsters. Sure. Dislikable characters. Yeah.
2: yeah. I feel like I've in. I used to not be able to tolerate like I can't watch. I still can't watch Married with Children. Everybody loves Raymond I've tried to get into because uh, my parents uh, love that show mm. and my grandparents did too. But I seem to not like I mean, this might be a little different, but like unhappy families. Yeah,
1: that bums me out a little oh, bit. Yeah. yeah. There it's like a bummer. I, I used to also I would this is less I cause I think Ray Romano's stand up, there's like more warmth in it towards his family than you because the show they kind of play up the Discord obviously for conflict. But um they I would when I used to go on the road and I would open for just whoever and it would just be guys like my goddamn wife and i would just watch and be like get divorced just get divorced you're it will solve like so many of your problems just get divorced like it'll create a couple new problems it'll solve 90 percent of your problems get divorced and that's how i felt watching some of those 90s sitcoms where they just like straight up hated each other and there seemed to be no practical thing that would keep them together
2: no and also um i still am convinced this has also skewed my idea of marriage too because i just still remember watching everybody loves raymond because my parents liked Mm -hmm. it and and that show and probably a few others probably home improvement where it's the end of the day the um the husband and wife get into bed and she puts have you noticed women putting on a lot of lotion in sitcoms oh yeah 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 doing it to her elbows and i just very lotiony that upset me. I was like, is this what marriage is? Putting your lotion on your dry elbows and getting to bed and hating your husband. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: kind of like a cozier version of the um, Silence of the Lambs arrangement.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think you might be right. Mm -hmm. So before we get into uh, today's topic, I'm just, I also like to ask people, do you have a favorite uh, Frasier character?
1: So, um, I yes, but it's kind of Kind of as a cipher. So, mm-hmm. my, my wife is named Maris. So, I have a lot of, and Maris, obviously, Niall's ex wife who you don't see. Never. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of affection for that concept just because I, uh, I like my wife very much. And so, and people <laughs> always say, well, I'll say Maris, and they go, Maris, like from Frasier. And so, that's like a, a common association I have, which is like not annoying because at least. It's so much better that, especially when she's not there, you know, when I'm like, her Uh name is Maris, describing my wife to someone and they go, oh, like from Frasier, excuse me, which is so much better than them just being like, oh, Naris." I get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you'd rather them find some sort of touchstone than just be wrong and confident about it. I met someone the other day and gosh, uh, I got her name wrong by guessing a name that was like very close to her name that was not a name, like her name was Riley or something. And I was like, she was like, oh, my name is Riley. And I said, oh, Piley? Like something, and I wasn't joking. I was just like, I heard it wrong. And it was, but I was like, oh, right. I was so close, but I couldn't have just taken the one extra second to be like, what are the names that sound like that? But I also, this is so off topic, but I also hate um, doing the thing where someone goes like, uh, it has a name that you haven't heard before. So you just round it to the closest name that you know, where someone will, you know, uh, like, uh, my name's Ren. And you're like, oh, Ben? And they're like, no, Ren. I said, I was very, clear. you know what I mean? It's like, oh, sorry. Like I was being the jerk because I thought I heard you wrong instead of like actually listening to you.
2: I absolutely, I personally haven't had to deal with that, but one of my good friends is Norwegian. Her name is Tine. Mm-hmm. So every time we go anywhere, she came with me to this chopped um, party yesterday. Mm-hmm. People go, Tina. And right. it's like their brain can't compute right. it. They're it's not like, doing it on purpose, right. but they're like, Tina. No, no. Tina. Right.
1: Like I said it yeah. the first time because I know my name and I have always known it.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm curious. Um, now. Last thing about uh, your the actual real person, your wife, Maris. Does she. Get annoyed that must happen to her a lot, right when people it,
1: are- it does yeah um I don't know that she necessarily gets annoyed because it because it, that's where it ends Sure it's not like I mean, um what's funny, I believe i I hope I didn't I'm not getting this wrong I think she is her father is like a big Yankees fan, and I believe she's named after Roger Maris so I think oh. it would annoy her more if people wanted to talk a lot about the Yankees <gasps> she doesn't care that much about it you know what I mean if she was like Makes oh sense. you must love oh are you excited about uh Giancarlo Stanton coming to the t-? like she just would be like I don't know
2: oh thank goodness because I don't know anything about baseball mm-hmm. so I would never do that to her um so I was thinking about um you know different different things about Frasier one thing uh that I didn't realize about the show is that it has spawned some um pretty in unbelievable uh, fan fiction wow now i didn't learn this until oh you know my roommate jenna mm-hmm. Shear. of course um an old friend yeah an old friend she says hello oh hello jenna she, i believe she sent me this article from a website called the ringer um which is called we're listening exploring fraser verse an incredible internet rabbit hole of fictional spin-offs highly recommend checking this article out but it taught me a lot um So Frazier was on for 11 years. Before that, uh, Frasier was introduced on Cheers in season three. Mm -hmm. So as of now, he is the longest running fictional TV character in history. As of like, Last year, I don't think there's any
1: interest because he was on a total of like what 15, like 17 almost seasons, 20. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think almost 20 years. Wow. yeah, because seven years or yeah, seven or eight years, and then plus like 11. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So, um, with that fact in mind, um, there's been a lot of uh fan fiction, specifically, um, there was a, a person younger than us, which is pretty crazy, a 27 year old. Uh, as of now, who goes by the name of Paul B., who apparently um around season three or four of Frasier, when he was very young, started writing um, fan fiction. Wow. Um,
1: that's so young to be so young. not only writing fan fiction. But that doesn't surprise me as much, because that's a sometimes a young person's game. Yeah. But uh, to be watching Frasier.
2: <laughs> well, it, yeah, to be watching Frasier specifically, I wasn't thinking, like, same with Seinfeld. I watched Seinfeld at the same time. At, the, at that time, I didn't understand how smart any of it was. Yeah.
1: But like to be watching Frazier metabolizing it, and then writing about it at age, when did it premiere? Uh,
2: 1993. So
1: we're talking 97. So this person who is now 27, mm-hmm. that's 21. No, sorry. Yeah, 21 years ago. So that, that person was six 13. years- He was 13. Oh, he's 13 at the time. Okay. Yeah, got, it, got it, got so. it, got it.
2: So, actually, I wanted to throw this at you because I'm curious, since you do um, write for TV. Mm-hmm. So, he said, this is a quote from the article, his hobby of generating episode ideas um, started at age 13 with a 625-episode Simpsons prequel on an earlier forum. Um, but then, when asked about uh, the Fraser fanfic, he said, I don't really know how I do it. My mind just dispenses one episode idea after another. Watching too much television over the years has probably played a significant part. So, I'm curious... Um, about you because you do write for Last Week Tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious, can you relate to this at all like in terms of you as a writer? Do you feel similarly? Like where do your ideas come from?
1: So, my my day job working for Last Week Tonight is like super driven by the news and like what's available. So, I don't really have the either like opportunity, let's say, or like burden of just letting my mind go blank and being like what's there. Sure. So, um, excuse me, but I definitely I think with uh with certain other things that other kinds of writing that I I do it a little more, but generally like I'm the stuff I write, you know, stand up and for television and uh I don't write a lot of fiction. So like everything I write is like based on real things. So I it helps to be I have almost the opposite way of being where I have to be like focused on things and noticing things and not letting them like uh like pass me by because I have to seize them to think about and write about um so it's like almost the opposite idea of just like letting your mind go blank and letting whatever ideas flood in flood in
2: wow that sounds I don't know I mean for me uh it takes deep concentration to sit down and write something yeah I mean, I guess you have probably some pretty intense deadlines.
1: Yeah. They, I, and that helps me. I, I like having assignments and because otherwise it's just like, well, I don't have to do it. So like I won't um, unless it's something that like, oh, I need to write this for money or for, because I'm accountable to someone. But like with a stand up bit, there will be times where I'll sit down and go, I have this idea. Maybe I'll flesh it out on paper and then I'll go. I mean, or I could not. <laughs> and then sometimes I don't.
2: Um, I just thought of this back to favorite character because I don't think you ever told me or did you? We talked about Maris. You're talking about Maris. So is Maris your favorite character? or?
1: I mean, the idea of Maris is my favorite character just because I have warm personal associations. But I also, I think probably um, looking back, uh, I have a lot of um, appreciation for Roz.
2: I like Roz a lot. Mm-hmm. Who's, think... who's yours? So my favorite character, also, this is always my thing, or you might know this. Uh, so for fun, well, you don't know this. Um, sometimes uh, when I'm feeling low and I need some inspiration, I really like watching um, celebrity um, college speeches when okay. they, when they cool. uh, talk about, you know, how far they've come. So I watched Lisa Kudrow's speech. Oh, interesting. Speech, um, and she talked about how her career started with her getting fired from Frasier. She was supposed to play Roz.
1: No way.
2: Yes. Oh, I love when people don't know the weird facts that I know. She was, I believe, I want to say in the pilot, or they, I think they shot at least one episode. She was originally Raz.
1: So is there a, like, if you watch the pilot of Frasier, is it with Lisa Kudrow or did they reshoot? I think they reshot it.
2: Yeah, because she got fired. Oof. And then she ended up on Friends. And it's weird because I think about it quite often. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's, you know, Perry Gilpin, who's great, um. You know, she just had this really great dry wit about her. And it's so weird trying to imagine Lisa Kudrow.
1: Yeah, like, I think Lisa Kudrow is immensely talented, but she typically plays very different characters. Yes. I mean, specifically, Phoebe, who she's best known for, is, like, very anti-Roz, like, very gentle and spacey and quirky, whereas Roz is really, like, um, like, down to business and sharp and, uh, and dry, like you're saying.
2: Absolutely. I mean, in terms of favorite characters, I would say my favorite character is Niles. Okay. Um, I feel, I felt, it's weird, because when I was much younger, I didn't think about, you know, sort of the undertone of the show was almost that they had this, not in a creepy way, but like a marriage almost. Like yeah. Niles and Frasier, they were mm-hmm. so close looked so similar to me Mm -hmm. it was freaky Mm -hmm. how similar they looked um and they definitely had this very like kind of coupley vibe but separately from that um i i feel like niles the niles daphne storyline of him being desperately in love with her spoiler alert i feel like also warped me for a while and i yeah totally i really that's where it started for me this idea of the Longing romance.
1: Yeah, from like right up close, right? Yeah, like yeah, someone yeah. you see all the time and that you're just like in love with and cannot articulate that to you. I also really like I one of my other favorite things, which is a character thing, is like how Marty Crane has two sons that are like fancy and British. <laughs> and he is neither <laughs> fancy nor British.
2: Absolutely.
1: And so I I think that's like a very funny, weird. To, like, and I don't I'm, they may, might explain it on the show and I just like missed it but it's like how is that their dad?
2: It's very it's very odd so there's another level here which is something um, I haven't really watched Cheers. Okay. I uh, I've watched the pilot and mm-hmm. um, somebody actually pointed out an episode I should watch where you meet uh, Fraser Green's mother
1: Oh because, interesting. So that's
2: to me she's got a Maris like mystery about her yes because you never meet her right but they make it sound like on fraser like she was that's how that's how they came to right be, that's how they get right so it's very interesting and the way they talked definitely reminded me of uh almost british but more like an american actor from the 1950s yes like yeah 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 catherine hepburn yep Esque.
1: i can see right like just doing like a fancy person's voice
2: yeah and so it's always very jarring the same way like when i hear um jason alexander in real life the way he talks in real life mm-hmm. i feel the same way when i hear kelsey grammar
1: talk yeah, yeah 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 like... that's so funny it
2: blows my mind so what i have done today is having looked through uh, a lot of fan fiction mm-hmm. there's no way i mean I barely scratched the surface. There's spinoffs. There's forums with just like games people play of like, oh, what's your favorite Niles quote, uh, or what did he get to eat at Cafe Nervosa in this episode from season uh, two? Um, so, what I wanted to do was sort of go through um, some of my favorite Paul B. spinoffs okay. that he did, and sort of get your input because I'm curious about if you think any of these ideas are. Executable. Sure. So, um, I've picked some of my favorites. So the first one, one of his first ones uh, that stuck out to me, coincidentally, is called Maris. Okay. So this one's called Maris. Um, this uh, spinoff, he uh, wrote twenty nine seasons. He wrote six hundred and eighty eight episodes. Full episodes or just log lines? Wow. Episodes. Okay. So the premise here is seven years after Fraser Crane. Or seven years after Fraser, Maris Crane's numerous crimes have been pardoned, and she has resumed her life of luxury in Seattle, Washington. I'm not sure how aware you are of the sort of the evolution of her character.
1: No, tell me more.
2: So, um, and also, you know that Niles and uh, Daphne do end up together. Yes, that I know. Phew. <laughs> and again, and anyone listening, I'm under the assumption that you. Except that we're gonna talk about spoilers or that you've watched all 11 seasons yeah
1: I mean you've only had 20 years to <laughs> yeah. catch up so yeah I'm not it's not a spoiler at this point right. it's just a thing <laughs>
2: right exactly I, I I thought about that before I started doing this podcast because I think about how angry people I've seen people lose Facebook friends over Game of Thrones spoilers yeah
1: but Game of it's Thrones done. at least like even it's Continuing. Sure. And so, like, the new stuff I could see being like, ah, I hadn't watched it yet. Or even the old things of like, oh, I'm behind on that. I could see feeling frustrated, sure. but not necessarily at being like the same level of offense. But like, if you haven't seen Frazier and you're mad at, like, the only person <laughs> I can imagine who would be mad at someone spoiling a Frazier plot point would be the character of Frasier Crane or <laughs> Niles Crane.
2: Yes, my dream is um, to have uh, Kelsey. See, here's the thing. Kelsey Grammer as a person has a checkered past. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read his Wikipedia page or listen to the first episode of this podcast to learn more about that.
1: You go through that. it. He also, his um, he's one of the, I think, rare celebrity um, memoirists whose autobiography does not, uh, you, when you read it, you go, Ah, he has a checkered past, which no- normally sometimes you gloss over a little bit.
2: Uh, I didn't know that he had an autobiography.
1: Oh yeah, I forget what it's called, but he wrote like a book about his time. I I don't know how much of his life it covers, but they're like he's very um, uh, jealous of the and and resentful of the dogs who played Eddie. What? <laughs> yeah, Moose.
2: I- yeah, because Eddie Eddie one was named Moose.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Madeline davies wrote like a a piece about it like where she kind of did cliff's notes for it for jezebel that's worth reading really
2: oh i would check that out i bet it's got a good title too Mm -hmm. is my guess okay so oh so this was the other thing about so that was the first spinoff the the spinoff is maris crane gets pardoned right so the crime that she ended up committing
1: Mm -hmm. uh
2: and this is just a side note is
1: that this is canon right this isn't paul b's inference yeah that, that, okay. that only
2: that first sentence okay. uh, was paul b that's the entire premise now so the, this episode i found on this ringer um this yeah. ringer article so what was really cool is the author of the article got peter casey who's the co-creator of fraser to weigh in oh that's great on some of these on some of these um spinoffs so uh he said that um, Julia Duffy. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but she's an actress. She's most notably known for Newhart. Okay. She's definitely before my time. But apparently she pleaded to play Maris on the show, which obviously they decided mm-hmm. not to do. But they said. Once, um, Peter Casey said, when we finally decided it was time for Niles and Daphne to get together, we had to figure out, let's get rid of Maris. So he had read Casey had read a story in Vanity Fair about um, it, that was in the Hamptons about a wealthy woman who had a polo-playing South American boyfriend who was her lover. She ended up shooting and killing him. Oh, my gosh. And then Casey thought, this sounds like a fun way to maybe get rid of Maris. And that's what they did.
1: That's what they did. They had her murder her boyfriend and went to jail? Absolutely. I don't like the idea of her being pardoned. Sure, but I think if she served her time, um, that's the system. I mean, I guess like this brings into play a lot of questions about the prison industrial complex, <laughs> yeah, anyway, exactly. right? But for um, wealthy
2: white men, yeah, women. <laughs> right. So
1: I feel <laughs> yeah. like I can say, um, I I'm not a, a a firm believer in like onerous incarceration, um, but I do feel like. There's something plot-wise about her serving her time and getting out rather than having her um, sentence commuted.
2: Sure. Or maybe it's, you know, an Orange is the New Black situation. It's Maris behind bars, mm-hmm. which would be probably the dynamic you were talking about in the early 90s of, what is it, slob?
1: Slobs versus snobs. Right, 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 right In right. prison, that might yeah.
2: be fun. But this is my biggest question about Maris, and I'm curious what you think, because I love fake casting people in mm-hmm. my head for things. so. Is there anyone, I, I have my pick, but uh, living or dead, it doesn't matter the time, just think of when it was on. Who, is there an actress you can think of that you would have liked to see play Maris?
1: Um, Catherine Keener.
2: Oh, Catherine Keener. I love her. I just watched Get Out for the fourth time two oh, days yeah, ago. Oh yeah, so good. And she was so good. Uh, so what do you, why Catherine Keener? Because what do you picture, given all the jokes about her being this like white, Thin ghost of a person. Why, I,
1: I just feel like she can bring up the right meanness. Sure. Like the level of meanness that that uh that is required of that character. She would be really great for. Got it. Yeah.
2: So I think I've got a very different pick Please. from you. Um, I would say now I haven't seen her act in anything in a while, so this is me thinking mm, late '90s, early 2000s. Lara Flynn Boyle. Great. Um, probably I'd say here's a good place to timestamp her when she was dating uh, Jack Nicholson. Sure. She was quite thin. Yep. Concerned me. But um, I think she would have had the chaps and the meanness.
1: She does. She plays a real good mean. (laughs) Yep.
2: To play uh, Maris. Okay, so here's um, Paul B.'s next spinoff. This one's called Roz. You might guess what it's about. Mm -hmm. That one, he wrote 30 seasons and 698 episodes. Uh,
1: after this he- guy reminds, me, he's like the little B of um of spin spinoffs. Do you know little B the no. ra- he just rapper who's like always putting out mixtape like constantly <laughs> like all this music. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's uh. what it reminds me of. Just like a, a torrent of material.
2: See, I have um. I want to know Paul B. He's very um, open about the fact that he is embarrassed that any of this has even been
1: found. Aww, and Paul B. And it's so
2: fascinating because it's like he started this as a kid. He's 27 or 28 now. And he's very much like, I'm not actually trying to publicize this. I've left everything where it is so people can go back and enjoy the show. Sure. Read all the fanfic. But I have a feeling, and I don't know about you. I know that when I grew up, I watched a lot of TV. I didn't play any sports. Didn't, ha- you know, had like two best friends. And I pictured that he had a similar background. Oh, he maybe. He wasn't playing
1: sports. Maybe. I guess it's just the time it would take to write all this is the only reason yeah, I would,
2: exactly. would think that.
1: Just like what an amazing... Um, Dedication to Absolutely. the
2: craft. I mean, Paul B., if you're listening to this, I'd love to have you on. Mm-hmm. And I cherish your work. Um, so this was his next spinoff. It's called Roz. After years of working as a producer, Wisconsin-born Roz Doyle is promoted to manager of KACL, an all-talk show radio station in Seattle, Washington. Here's what's crazy about this. Go do, on. Do you remember how Frasier
1: ends? No.
2: So let me refresh your memory. So at the very end of the show, the last episode is uh, Good Night, Seattle, part one and two. Um, Frazier finally falls in love, for real, this time with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Charlotte. I believe okay. her character uh, is played by Laura Linney. Oh, wow. Which, to me, I could, I, it, it was a good match to me. So she takes a job in Chicago, and Frazier decides to leave and goes to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So what happens in real life, this is what's crazy. Paul B. probably wrote this while the show was still yeah, on.
1: Yeah, and he guessed
2: he guess what happened? Roz does end up taking over a station manager.
1: So here's what I like about this. Mm-hmm. There's continuity, right? In that it's because to bring in Maris, Niles is out of her life. Oh. So it's like almost not a spin-off. It's just like another um another realm of the Frasier universe, yes. right? Mm-hmm. This is more of a true spin-off where you there's a character that you know and love. And then she takes on a new um, uh, capacity in life. And there's this change that removes, right, the original uh, players, some of them, and then, and focuses us on Roz. So I I like this. And I would like to see, uh, because it, and it gives you a chance to introduce more other characters in this world of the radio station, right? We know um, Mad Dog, right? Bulldog. Bulldog. (laughs) Um, We know Bulldog. We know a few, but it's like, I like the world of a radio station as like a fun, because you meet people in radio and they're like real characters.
2: Absolutely. I don't, I mean, this is my perception of radio is the show. Mm-hmm. Like what we're doing right now is so exciting to me because this is me like, cosplaying as This Frasier. is very Frasier-like, yes. <laughs> You're Roz. <laughs> I'm Roz. <laughs> You're <laughs> Raz. Um, so this is actually the fact that you brought up Bulldogs is a great segue great. for the other spinoff called Vintage Roz, which 15, season th- uh, 15 seasons, 330 episodes. Roz Doyle and her husband, Bob Boldal, uh, Bob Boldalt Briscoe, leave Seattle to retire in Roz's hometown of Bloomer, Wisconsin. Okay. So how does that sound to you? In terms of what do you, um, I, I feel like Roz is such a great character and there's many references to her personal life and her love life. So it tells me she's got a rich history. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know. I might, I might be more curious about either Roz right after Frasier, or even younger. Roz. What about yep, you? Yeah,
1: I would, I would prefer to see younger Roz, unless there was some kind of tension with them moving back to her hometown. Like it, like that premise alone. Um, like, does he not want to be there? Is mm. she ambivalent about what brought her back? That it would, that's what it would take to sell me on on because retirement is like by definition like removing a source of conflict and stress from your life so Absolutely. it's like a more relaxed way to live which i think is great but doesn't immediately uh signify like great compelling television
2: yeah i mean to me this sounds like i don't know if this is the right terminology like a fish out of water yeah scenario
1: but it's but we don't know that because it might just be like a fish back in water yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I do. I like the idea of young Roz. I mean, and this could also be great. Like maybe she's Seattle has changed her and she's not ready. I mean, goodness knows, Paul B wrote n- hundreds of episodes of yeah. this. So there must be something there that, that, um, that's driving it. But, uh, yeah, like a young, a young Roz to me is more compelling. Like how did she break into the radio business? Yes, and, yes. and what was her like, um, exciting young romantic life all about? Cause you, you get glimpses of that. But yeah, she would. I bet young Roz, like, you know what? Forget young Sheldon. Show me young Roz.
2: I'd love to see young Roz. I was just thinking. Not that young, I guess. Right, no, but see, Like 25-year-old Roz. 25-year-old Roz.
0: Okay. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So what I'm picturing is similar to, did you ever see Smallville, the show? Sure. So Smallville was very like, all right, here's everything leading up to, um, uh, Peter. I was going to say Peter Parker, Clark Kent. Uh, becoming superman like yeah. really up until the moment. Yeah. So what I'd love to see is definitely Raz's sort of how she got into radio and I want like the very end of the show although if it's American television they try and drag it out. Yeah. I want to see her meet Christian Fraser. Meet yeah. And have it like end. Yep. On that end. Yeah,
1: I like that too. And I don't mean to be ageist. like I certainly sure. think there can be a lot of great comedy and drama drawn from to older people in retirement in Wisconsin. Absolutely. But I would just like have liked to have heard that source of friction mentioned in the logline is all.
2: This is a good segue for, um. so I've got the actual Paul B. pitches here, but they inspired me to write a few of my own. Please. So I I came up with a few and so did uh, my boyfriend who was helping me Great. as I was writing these out. So this is a good segue because um. I, I still think about vintage Roz, and I know you're not trying to be ageist either, but I think there is a way to uh, bring her into the future, but with a better title. So this was, this was um, John, uh, my BF's, idea for a show. Now, keep in mind, Roz ends up having a daughter mm-hmm. named Alice. <laughs> There's got to be a better name. Essentially, he said, have a show called The Doyle Dudettes. Which is its own version of the Gilmore Girls. Sure. And it's a silly name, but the more we talk about it, my issue with vintage Roz is I don't think she would end up with Bulldog. Oh, yeah. She's a woman that knows what she wants, and it, things do not end in a neat little package for her with, like, the man of her dreams yeah. at the end. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't really see her. With Bulldog. Up. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a pig.
1: Yeah. And it seems it's very sitcom-y that they would be together, right? Absolutely. Like, it's of that era where, like, he's kind of a, um, a slightly misogynist radio show host. Absolutely. She's a radio producer who um, ha- has uh, strong values and convictions. And, like, will it work out? Like, it's very 90s rom-com, 90s sitcom. Whereas, like, it just, the answer to will it work out is, like, probably not. Yeah.
2: He's a pig, yeah, they do have a, a fling,
1: right, but that's different than will it work out
2: Oh, absolutely. she he cheats on her, you know, that's classic bulldog. um
1: classic bulldog. Now that's a sitcom classic, classic bulldog. bulldog. I would a young bulldog would also With be hair yeah yeah, yeah
2: i would I, I would watch that uh,
1: I like doing a college sports radio show would be very funny
2: absolutely well i mean you know i'd love to see him have a moment where he changes his tune but i feel like that's a lot to ask (laughs) where where he suddenly becomes this like oh you know what i'm a one woman kind of man
1: or even just like uh you know just a, a more open honest um progressive view towards whoever he chooses to be with
2: absolutely well also given um there's many references to him being this kind of tomcat. I would think in this spinoff that perhaps he might have like a long lost child. So oh yeah, who ends up in the picture, mm-hmm. and then that's sort of a way of seeking redemption. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Okay, this is the last Paul B. before we move into all of my um, great amazing pitches. Uh, this one's called Widowers. Okay, and uh, there's only two seasons of this. 44 episodes. Following the conclusion of Vintage Raz, returning characters, and I'm not sure how well you know these characters, but returning characters Kenny Daly, Angus Kane, not her, uh, sure who that is, and Noel Shemsky move into the Shady Glades retirement community after, faced, after being faced with a number of setbacks in their personal lives. This sounds uh, a lot like um, the Golden Boys, if that, that were a thing. It
1: does sound like the Golden Boys. Exactly. Which, sure.
2: Some Golden Boys? Yeah. Maybe.
1: But again, these are not characters that I know and love. So that's the challenge with this one. But sure.
2: Would you say, because I don't really think about how many spinoffs I've end up watching. You know, Frasier for me really was just a thing by itself. So it's this really crazy thing to think about. The fact that you have a spinoff character. I don't even know how many successful spinoffs there have been. I mean... Remember Joey? That was one season. Yep. That was the spinoff I do Friends. remember Joey. Are there any other spinoffs that you've watched that you liked?
1: Excuse me. Um, gosh, I mean, the, the most successful ones were like from that Happy Days family, right? right Where they're right. like Laverne and Shirley is in that lineage. and Sure. Um,
2: well, because I, I ask because since Frasier's really, now that I think about it, the only one I watched, would you say that is the key to a successful spinoff? Having you know the strongest character, and then bringing back characters from the previous show occasionally.
1: I don't know, mm. cause like, I would say I don't think that many people would like attribute the success of Frazier to any like character connections to Cheers, other than like ah oh, we've seen Frazier on Cheers, now here's Frazier somewhere else, like it's a different city. Um, th- generally the cast of characters is different, other than him, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like it's taking something that people love like a character people love mm-hmm. and exploring their life in a new way. Absolutely. And kind of re like rebooting it like legitimately, not like, oh, here's Spider-Man again. It's like, oh, here's this guy that you know and then here's like the whole rest of the world for him that you hadn't seen before or for her.
2: Absolutely. Okay. I swear we will get to my pitches, but I am reminded I also discovered there is a tribute band. I'm sure there's many for many different shows, mm-hmm. but there is a Frasier tribute band. It's called the Frasier Cranes.
1: Oh, interesting. I would have gone with Frasier and the Cranes.
2: I wow, that's um, that's pretty good. Do you hear that? Frasier Cranes. I mean yours is great, but Josh, good news for you. Now you can start a band called Fraser and the Cranes. Thank you.
1: Also, my friend Emily Heller, who is like my foremost uh Frazier enthusiast friend at, who doesn't have a podcast about fraser um she and i at one point were i forget what form it was but we've discussed uh to the tune of crazy train by um ozzy osborne going off the rails like fraser crane <laughs> as a cover song.
2: So um, I'm sure this probably won't shock you. I have been in contact with Emily about (laughs) um, doing this podcast. I see that she's a huge fan. um, Big fan. Huge, huge fan. And it's always really fun for me to meet other women that like the Mm -hmm. show. Um, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday because I found out a shockingly large number of women I know enjoy the show Mm Frasier. And one of my friends' theory was that the show is... Mostly centered around two men that aren't like, you know, pigs. Data. Yeah, totally. They're both desperately looking for love. Yeah. Which she said maybe some women can relate
1: to. Yeah, there's like a, a a searching there that you sometimes don't see from men depicted in entertainment, and there's uh right, it's less about like sexual conquest than a lot of male centered comedy is right. It's a lot about like absolutely loneliness and him trying to like him showing sensitivity to people right like he's even though he's kind of a a, sometimes a bore in his personal life he's he professionally is sensitive which i think is appealing
2: yes he's sensitive and yet pompous
1: (laughs) yeah he's very pompous
2: and it really feels like the two niles and fraser it feels like they were taken from a different era
1: yeah thrown in i don't even know like you said it feels like 50s film actors which is like not an era of real person it's just an era of acting style right where it's like um it's almost like saying oh yeah those guys their personalities are like cubism (laughs) like that's people were never like that that was just an art form so it's they were plucked from like the their characters out of time but they i don't think they really represent like people that i've ever related to no
2: i find them so unrelatable yeah that's actually especially now now that um the show's on netflix it's it's like an escape for me i actually at this moment in time in our current political situation i'm all about escapism me too and that's why i like it
1: i um i've been really into like bob's burgers as that and um and Love The Good Place are, like, my top two lately.
2: Got to get into The Good Place. So good. That, yeah. So I want to play you. Um, It's very short. But I went to the Fraser Cranes Sound Cloud. was um, just looking at what they have. They have five songs. Okay. And they said our first extended play. Okay. A, a play. Inc- oh, yeah. Includes our hit single, Sherry. So uh, that's what I'm going to play. It's very short. Um Great. So why don't I play it? And then you can um, make your commentary. Great care for a scotch now? Uh, yes, th- actually, no, I'm in a
1: sherry mood tonight. Sherry? What an intriguing idea. Uh, I think I can scare up a bottle
2: of sherry. Sherry! Sherry. 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 I'm bringing Sherry bag. Yeah. News like this calls for hard liquor
1: and big glasses. Sherry. Sherry Niles, please. So, nice. no. No, thanks. I've
2: got a session. so that's generally. Um, sure, I feel like I get the it. feeling of it. It's yeah. Clips. Yes. Um, so there's that one. And honestly, I like something that I can bump my head along to. I actually really liked, they did a remix of uh, the theme song Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs. Let's hear, Let's hear it. it. A snippet.
0: Hey, baby. I. Hey
1: baby I Hey baby I Hey baby I hear the blues are calling top talent and
0: scrambled eggs Hey baby I hey
2: baby, And that generally goes I on legitimately
1: like could see that being like a giant internet hit it like 10 years ago like yeah. back when like in the era of like Girl Talk and the Avalanches heyday, yeah. like that kind of like y, um quirky like I could see i I'm surprised that I hadn't heard that before
2: I hadn't heard it before, and I'm also curious that you bring up Girl Talk. there's got to be someone out there that already exists now that's remixing like TV show theme songs yeah,
1: for sure I just
2: haven't heard it yet, all right, so this is a good segue. we've got a little bit of time left, so I came up with a few reboots and spin-offs the one that i really started thinking about was actually inspired by the show riverdale okay are you familiar yes i uh generally do not venture into cw shows at this point anymore but um this the riverdale caught my eye because it's a it's an archie it's the story of archie except it's like dark and sexy Mm -hmm. so i started to think about The fact that there are so many, like, Will and Grace, Roseanne, there's probably more. There's all these shows that were popular that are being brought back with the original characters. Murphy Brown now. Murphy Brown with Candace Bergen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course I've thought about Frasier. Could it be done? My concern is I'm not sure if John Mahoney is up for it right now. Mm-hmm. He might be in his twilight time now. Jo- I'm not sure how old he yeah, is. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I don't know much about his personal Um life.
2: Moose is gone. Long gone. Yeah. You know, Fart is just dead. And, and that makes me sad. So I thought, what if there were like a CW type reboot? Like
1: sexy, young, Sexy Cranes. and young.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is my idea. um, And it's a little bit. It doesn't stick with being a radio show. I was trying to think, what do teens and young people relate to? I'm mm-hmm. 30 years old now. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hard for me now. I don't really know any teens. Memes. Te- yeah, I don't know any teens. By the way, I tried to watch the new TRL. You want to feel old? Watch the reboot of TRL. Have I, you seen
1: it? I think even teenagers feel old when they watch that.
2: I don't recognize a single person. Everyone on the reboot right now is all YouTube stars. Mm-hmm. Don't know a single person. Yeah, oh, yeah. Couldn't tell you a thing. Um, okay. So my idea was it's called Frasier. And instead of a radio show, it's a podcast. Okay. Um, and these were the young hotties that I chose. If you need a background, I can tell you who they are. So as you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, Cole Sprouse plays Jughead on Riverdale. Okay. So he's from a set of twins, uh, Cole and Dylan Spr- uh, okay. Sprouse. From the show, the sweet life of uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, which is okay. on the Disney Channel, I'm picturing Dylan Sprouse, the other uh, Cole brother or other Sprouse brother, playing Fraser. Now, here's my pick for Niles. The problem is he's a little too young. I need him to get like five, seven years older. Uh, did you see the movie Room with Jacob? Jacob Trevor? Tremblay, sure. I think he could play Niles. Give it like five or six sure. more years, okay? I've got time. You've got time. To- <laughs> And then I was thinking for Daphne, again, the ages uh, don't necessarily match up here, but I was thinking about now academy nominated so- Swarcy Ronan mm-hmm. she's uh, in um the Ladybird Ladybird, I thought she was amazing and she has just a lovely Irish accent that I was not aware of until I heard her speak in real life.
1: Oh yeah, she would be uh she would be a great young Daphne.
2: I'm a fan now. I'd like to think that there's really no rules in terms of, you know, races, religions, whatever. So I was actually thinking for a young Roz. Did you see the new Spider-Man movie? I did not. Dang. All right. Are you familiar with Zendaya? Yes. I think she'd be a great young Roz. Love it. She's sassy. She's fun. She's strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'd be great. And here's my pick for Martin Crane, uh, since it's pretty early on. I'm thinking they're probably, this is a podcast, and maybe he's like 18 or 19, if if Frazier in this version. Um, Martin, oh, Frasier.
1: I was like, Marty Crane is right, 18?
2: Not yet. That's my next um, yeah, okay. reboot idea. Martin Crane's, I've pictured Christopher Maloney.
1: Oh, very good.
2: Yes. And instead of a, a dog out of date. Um, mini pigs are really in mm-hmm. right now, so I was thinking of a mini pig. Yeah. So, what do you think? Could you could you see? Is it possible? Like, if Fraser gets brought up to a studio exec, do you want to see this show turned into this something more like Younger, or do you want to see the original Casper back together?
1: I want. I would like to see a Younger. Mm-hmm. I like it Younger. Um, I also like the idea of having to kind of like explain or at least hint at how Frasier and Niles got less sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so funny. What? Cause that's what you never see. Right. Is, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's, it happens to us all in time, but like, you never see a show about hot teens. You never it, get to the point where they're just like 35 and still wearing their varsity jackets, but they don't fit anymore. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Like, and Frasier is like, you know, he has a charisma. Kelsey that's Grammer right. as Frazier, There's like a, kind of confidence to him but he's definitely I wouldn't point to that character and go that's that's a sexy Woo-wee. guy yeah
2: yeah and you know what this would definitely make sense because well have you seen Cheers at all mm-hmm. all right I truly had not seen it with uh, Kelsey Grammer and I then I watched an episode he looked so different I mean there was an Alec Baldwin thing going oh, sure, on sure, He sure. really was like he was just lot younger, mm-hmm. and I I could have pictured him being a looker right. even a little younger. Yeah, you
1: bring him a little younger, maybe he was a hot teen.
2: He was a hot teen, he had a little more hair, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay, so this brings me to currently my favorite of of these ideas, young Martin. So, So this is young Martin.
1: I guess you can't just call it Martin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Has young Sheldon stolen everything? Well, I mean,
1: there was already a Martin.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so it needs a different name.
1: But young Martin works. That's what I'm saying. Young Martin. Played by Martin Lawrence present day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's young Martin. He's
1: playing a 20-year-old.
2: Well, what I was thinking is this is not a comedy. This is a gritty crime drama with him as he was a detective before he got shot. So okay. it's a gritty crime drama starring Martin Crane as a, young co- as a young cop and his psychologist wife helps him solve crimes. Love it. Into it?
1: Yes. I think people would really like it.
2: I would love it. Um, and I don't know if you know this, a small detail from one of the episodes is Martin Crane did meet his wife um, around a, a dead body at a, at a crime scene. That's how they met over a chalk outline. Oh. I know, adorable, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. Now I feel like this is more with movies as a trend. I'm really obsessed with movies that end up in space. I can give you two examples. Go on. Or three. Muppets in space. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Leprechaun films. Sure. But there is a Leprechaun in yep, space. they go to film. space. And then they take uh Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. He to goes space to space too. Called yeah. Jason X. So I was thinking, especially given the way you described it, s- slob versus, uh, what is it? Snobbed. Slob versus snob. I was thinking Frasier in the future. So this was a combo between me and my BF. Uh, Frasier 2349. Okay. Uh, a year, well, this isn't right, but 300 years or so from now, Fraser is brought out of cryogenesis to solve an intergalactic dispute between the Martians and the last remaining humans led by his great granddaughter. Can you see him in the future? Should he stay in the present or should he go to the past
1: oh i you know he's a timeless again like you said character out of time so at any era you uh-huh. would be equally at home i think frazier in the future uh, there's certainly an appeal of that like why why wouldn't you want to see him in the future i think he you've got a fish out of water element right where he's Absolutely. seattle in the 24th century is unrecognizable like the space needle is literally in space by this time exactly. yeah i think i think there's a lot like why wouldn't you want that I definitely
2: want it. Okay, this is my last my last pitch. Please, all female reboots are definitely becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. With Ghostbusters now, Ocean's Eight is coming out, mm-hmm. so I started to think about flipping up the genders. So uh, I was thinking, what would it look like if this were this show came out again, but it was a woman? So I came up with a cast, and I'm really excited about it. But keep in mind some of some of it doesn't match up as in i'm okay so i was thinking it was really tough for me to think of what woman would play frazier because he's so pompous which i mm-hmm. i associate with men
1: yeah i mean he has like a very uh traditionally masculine like semi-earned confidence like he's good at one thing and assumes that he knows all the other things too
2: exactly so i have two pitches for please female frazier now one of them is truly impossible but it's who i thought of katherine hepburn okay i think well for one thing i think they talk similarly but she's definitely at least from films a woman set in her ways Mm -hmm. so i feel like i could have pictured it she's passed on i don't know what do you think
1: i mean i think i love the idea but like you said (laughs) logistically very difficult to pull off
2: exactly all right so this is going in a completely different direction but i think she's very um Strong. I've seen her play a few roles. Um, I've seen her host game shows. I was thinking about you're gonna
1: say Jane Lynch.
2: No, I was gonna say Aisha Tyler. <laughs>
1: Ooh, Aisha Tyler would be good
2: because I really like her, and she's not pompous, but I think she would be a strong character.
1: Definitely, very, there's like a a poisonous strength to exactly. her. Exactly. Um, I Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch or um a diff- another Jane Jane Krakowski. I think would be great. Oh,
2: yes. I could definitely she would see be great. That. It's a
1: different kind of pompousness that she plays, but I think she plays this very, like, upper crust, hyper confident um, character very well.
2: I love that. All right. I'm going to go through the rest, um, see what you think. All I have for well, you're better at this than me. I, I put Kate Blanchett for Niles. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. She's got an energy. Yeah. She's delicate. But she's had some zingers, and I feel like I could picture her throwing some zingers.
1: Tough to get her to do network TV, I imagine. So we would have to be like a prestige um, premium cable or streaming limited series.
2: Absolutely. Um, Now, since there'd be gender reversal here for Roz, I was thinking, who's kind of like a dry-witted man? And I thought of John Cho. Oh, yeah. He's like handsome mm-hmm. he's confident i feel like he's kind of dry and i feel like he could uh, he could be a good one great daphne I, it's hard for me to think of like charming oh there's so many but i th- okay charming uh uk dudes uh james mcavoy sure was what i was thinking yeah. and then for martin i was thinking uh as a retired female cop lily tomlin
1: oh yeah sure
2: so that rounds out um mine but I think you might be right. For Fraser, I could see Jane Krakowski.
1: I think it's a little different spin, so you get a different energy, right? You're not just having a, a woman come in and do an impression of Kelsey Grammer. Um, but I also think Jane Lynch would be good or Aisha Tyler.
2: All right. So this is for for the ending of our podcast. I'd like to of all of these, of all the Paul Bs, and all of my pitches. Is there any that you want to see green lit? Do you want me to go through the list setting or do you have one off the top of your head? Already?
1: Let me think real quick. about You know, I um, I like the, I like, I like Young Martin. Nice. I do. Okay. That's probably my favorite one.
2: Oh, that means so much. This I
1: like great. an intergenre genre reboot too.
2: Well, I have yet to see, unless it's been done, taking a genre like of a show and seeing a spinoff of that show in a different genre. Does Mm -hmm. Young Sheldon count?
1: No, I think that's the same genre. It's the same.
2: So maybe this would be the first time that's ever done.
1: It's become a drama. Yeah.
2: Sitcom to gritty crime drama. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. I hope I've given you a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, If you know any TV execs, maybe you can help get Young Martin um, Mm -hmm. uh, sorted out. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Anything?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Go for it. No, I have very, very little Your dog? Has oh, an yeah. Instagram account right my, at Busy the Pug, yeah. uh, is, is my dog's Instagram account. Um, I I perform. I'm, i mean like I'm mostly going to be around New York City for the next several months. So my website, uh, JoshGondelman dot or my Twitter at JoshGondelman. I'll let you know where I'll be. Um, and then if anything else exciting happens, I will uh alert you via those places.
2: He's a great tweeter. I uh, recommend following, and I also enjoy um that you do little five-minute pep talks. Oh, thank you. Those are fun. I want to, right before we end, I want to let you know, I was, uh, and I had a bad day when I tweeted at you when you did a pep talk. Mm-hmm. I was in a cab, and I think I, I don't know, I was, I, maybe it had several drinks, and I tweeted at you, I'm a failure.
1: <laughs> did I, <laughs> I tweet like, back? You did, I did right? And you, were so,
2: you said, no, you aren't. And I was like, thanks, Josh.
1: Sometimes it's that easy.
2: Power of social media. Just mm-hmm. need a little digital pat on the back. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Josh, for stopping by. And please subscribe to I'm Listening on iTunes. Thank you so much. Good night, Seattle.